you're on air. Cool. My name is John Wynn. And uh, this is Bill Ed Tate. This is the Maple Trues, our first podcast on Easter 2019, the resurrection of good ideas. Yes, sir. So why why don't you run us down the uh, the rabbit hole here okay. with uh, what we'll be talking about? So uh, in this episode of Maple Trues, uh, we're going to discuss, among other things, uh, black holes, immortality, and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, evolution of the human brain and our base nature. Excellent. Uh, we might discuss beta versus alphas, uh, red pill, blue pill. Uh, might delve a little bit into psychology with the shadow, like Carl Jung. Uh, we're going to do some current event stuff with the latest Alberta election uh, and federal politics in Canada and the Trudeau government. And Sounds good. The SNC Lavalin scandal. For our listeners out there, um, we are uh, Canadians, uh, very aware um, of the worldwide uh, political sphere. Um, very in tune with what's going on in America. It affects us deeply, uh, even though we're not part of that country. It, um, the repercussions of America really affect us. So, just we're definitely not. I, only focusing on Canadian issues, but uh, I think it's important that you guys know where we're from and um, what our point of view is. Anyways, uh, I guess we can continue down that rabbit hole. Yep, uh, we're going to talk about the Green New Deal, air quotes, uh, aka AOC, <laughs> Regan Velociraptor. On our after after. Yeah. Uh, and we might talk about the Gillette commercial. Soy boys and tribalism. Sounds good. It's old news, but, uh, you know, it still has uh, its repercussions on um, on what's going on these days. This uh, far leftist mentality. And uh, besides my mom, uh, was there uh, anything else? Uh, we might talk Billy about boy? free will and predestination. Excellent. And we're going to talk about John's mom. Yeah. She's a nice lady. She's a nice lady. And I think that's all we need to know about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's uh, talk about black holes, John. So, yeah, the black hole. Um, I mean, for a lot of people, I think it's going to be, oh, well, cool, whatever. It's, uh, but nothing impressive. But to me, I'm glad that, like, a theory which is Einstein's theory of relativity, kind of uh, made the black hole hypothesis uh, mainstream, but it, we, it was only a theory of hypothesis. It was not something um, we had ever seen. And maybe only in the last 30 or 40 years we were able to see kind of like um, circumstantial evidence of that. So. I mean, we saw a black hole that looked kind of boring on uh, uh, on paper, but I mean, this this proves our our science our science based rationales can uh, lead us to a higher comprehension of the actual truth of the universe we live in, and I I think. In this age of misinformation, this is definitely we really, really, really need. Um, 
And it also shows us how fast uh, technology is progressing because I actually filmed this black hole. I mean, it, it was insane mathematical uh, calculations that needed really um, high compute, computer calculations, multiple telescopes and all that just to have... Uh, a uh, fuzzy image of a uh, dark circle. Um, an aggregated photograph from eight different telescopes around yeah, the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, but appearances aside, uh, this is a great breakthrough. And um, I think this is one of many of um, the, the other breakthroughs, which really interests me is um, uh, regeneration, reverse aging, and even uh, immortality, which I believe... Um, if immortality is not within our grasp in the next 20 to 30 years, I would even say 10 to 30 years, uh, extending our lives to 120 to 150 is definitely uh, in the realm of possibility. Um, and from then on, if you take a 30-year-old like me, uh, someone in, in their 30s, and in 30 years, I'm 60-something, uh, living another 60 years to so 120, looking young, feeling young, um, not uh, being crippled by uh, the degenerescence of age is... Uh, it's exciting. It's completely exciting to me. It just opens up. Uh, we, uh, For me, I, I feel that I can take my time to accomplish the things I really want to do um, I mean, if I do die uh, at a normal age and I do can't reverse like the the, the decrepitude of aging, uh, whatever. At least I'll, I I, I would have done whatever I could to live my life. But um, to think that there's a possibility that when I'm 60, 70, I'm still a young puppy. Uh, still looking uh, decent and still being uh, physically uh, strong is so exciting to me because we live in a world with so many opportunities, uh, so many things to explore, so many discoveries in science and uh, our understanding of the universe and to be able to be there to see all these discoveries and accomplish one's dreams is completely fascinating and insane to me and I really hope to, to participate uh, in in that sphere, or at least uh, be a very close observer of uh, these developments uh, in the future. Um, I, I think, boys and girls, that we can, uh, some of us are going to be immortals and we'll still be here in, in two, three hundred years, you know? Definitely a possibility. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on... Uh, I really thought the, the ability to print uh, human tissue from your own stem cells and, and make a a 3D, 3D model of a human heart. Yeah, not even a model, a functioning heart. A functioning heart. Yeah. Uh, is, yeah, it's a step in the right direction. Um, because, you know, trying to get an organ donation, even in North America, yeah, is a long, lengthy process, and there's often, you know, rejection rates of 20 to 50%. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, but if you can do it from your own stem cells... There's no rejection... Mm -hmm. Less of a, yeah, exactly. Less of a possibility, and uh, we're yeah, we're giving people a second chance at life. Really, exactly. We're getting there. We're within. They say within ten to twenty years, um, we won't even need to slaughter animals to um, to get uh, the meat we we want. And 
even though a lot of vegans might disagree, uh, meat is one of the best sources of nutrition uh, we have, and it's just damn good. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can give me all the tofu steak you want, it's never going to beat a real, uh, a real steak here, but to be able to print out meat that's straight up a real steak, you can print out, 3D print a Wagyu steak, I mean, what an age we're living in. Uh, this is insane, and to me, I mean, look, animals, it's a sad affair. I mean, I, 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 if I take a step back and try to look objectively of the whole um, farming complex and all that, I mean, there's definitely improvements we can make and um, animals are feeling creatures. So if we can avoid that suffering while still reaping the benefits um, of, farming, of farming today, namely meat, dairy, and uh, eggs, uh, let's let's do it. What age we live in? It's almost like a, it's almost like when I envision twenty years from now, it's like a weird cross of uh, different science fiction films. Definitely Blade Runner. I, I see like Blade Runner types of uh, visions in my brain. That's for sure. Which I love. I love that movie. Those Se movies. Segwaying here a bit, coming back to the cows. Yeah. Um, and this is more like an elf. Uh, American politics. Mm -hmm. um, they just re <laughs> they released the the Green New Deal. Yes. Uh, in Congress. Yes, and, it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just they have what a population of ninety five million cows, something like that. Yeah. Some yeah, close to hundred million. And they want to eliminate the cow population in fifteen years because less than ten. Less than ten years. So, yeah. Uh, because we're we're affecting climate change that much. And it literally, uh, what was the name of this, the, the the guy that uh, did the video? Oh, the uh, the senator. The senator. Um, yeah. Hold on. Let, let me look it up here. But because uh, we we try to be as informative as possible, well, even though this is mostly our opinions and uh, our resurrection of our good ideas. Uh, let's look up. Let's be informative here. Sen um, and we will put a link in the description. In the video below. Yes, yes, definitely look it up. Uh, I mean, there's Star Wars references in a Congress meeting here. Uh, Congressman destroys Green New Deal. Hilarious. I, I, when they say we, we're living in a clown world right now, uh, this is definitely an example of that. Hilarious. All right. Angry congressman destroys Ocasio Court. Justin Haskins. No, is that him? I think many people destroyed his deal. I'm not able to find. Let's progress here. Type in congressman destroys Green New Deal in YouTube, and you guys will. Uh, It'll be probably the first video. But you guys will have a laugh. To paraphrase, uh, he starts off with this slide picture of Ronald Reagan riding a velociraptor, having a, a machine gun and a rocket launcher strapped to his back. Yeah. And there's a tattered American flag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it just kind of d d devolves from there. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to, uh, you know, describe using tauntauns as. <laughs> as Modes of transportation, yeah. uh, Aquaman riding seahorses mm -hmm. to the mainland instead of 
using airplane travel. Exactly. And try to explain what they, uh, what he's trying to rebut here. Exactly. What is the Green New Deal? How you understand it from, uh, you know, our, our, let's call it research we've been doing on it. Yeah. Well, what is her name? Uh, AOC uh, Ocasio uh, Alexandro Ocasio Cortez, rising star of the New Democrat, yeah, the Democratic Party, yeah, and he's basically saying that you know we're it's it's impossible. All the things that she's stating, and what are those um, from what you remember? A limit, a li- eliminating airplane travel and putting trains, yeah, and getting rid of cow, cow cow populations yeah cow cow genocide cow genocide basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is and destroying and uh she also wanted to uh destroy every single building uh in the u.s and rebuild them to make them more i guess environmentally friendly energy and, efficient uh, yeah etc yeah so she wanted to, she wants to expend uh a magnitude of uh, and, uh, an infinite amount of resources to destroy and then thinks that oh yeah now we can rebuild but yeah let's tax the rich 70 percent and we'll be able to do that and you know she thinks that you know the wealthy of the people that control most of fucking politics anyways are gonna be like oh yeah okay yeah you can uh you the boss 25 26 year old uh aoc uh you know we'll, we'll go with that so the senator basically says, like, I can only do this presentation and give it the seriousness it deserves. So that's when he started uh, showing uh, Reagan on a Velociraptor. Um, he's like, we could, a lot of people would perceive that the Cold War was won by uh, a Reagan on a Velociraptor with uh, machine guns blaring and all that. But actually, the Cold War was won without firing a single missile. And... If we go into the New Deal, uh, I think her representation of how we're going to tackle climate change is actually going to be just as um, image as the Velociraptor we see now. So, uh, yeah, tauntauns for transportation, seahorses for uh, for the Hawaiians that... <laughs> oh, wait. It's hilarious. Anyways, guys, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the comedy. Uh, sometimes, like reality, is uh, is the best thing to check. So go check the video. Um, Congressman destroys um, Green New Deal and uh, have a laugh. Um, coming back to the climate change, mm-hmm. um, we just had an Alberta election recently. Yeah. Uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And we changed from an NDP government, New Democratic Party, to the United Conservative Party mm-hmm. under Jason Kenney. Uh, formerly NDP was Rachel Notley. And uh, Jason Kenney is going to repeal the carbon tax in Alberta, which I think is a, a good step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll put more money in the pocket of regular uh, Canadians. Yep in this province Mm -hmm. Um, and he's going to decrease business taxes and try and get the Alberta economy rolling again yeah Um, not to say that Rachel Notley did put in some good policies I believe that having a diversified economy uh, is important and just trying to to bet one one industry all the time has has led to economic recessions yeah boom and bust cycle boom and bust yeah 
So going forward, I, I hope it's a positive outcome. Um, I really hope it doesn't get tied up in red tape with the federal government and yep. our adjoining province of British Columbia, mm -hmm. trying to get a pipeline to the coast for mm -hmm. Alberta Tidewater. BC uh, hippies, though, better uh, watch their backs right now with a conservative government here. They might not be able to sell their wine, and uh, they'll they'll have to pay a lot of uh, a lot of money to get a liter uh, of gas for their uh, smart cars. For yeah. their uh, dollar dollar seventy in Vancouver right now. Yeah, dollar <laughs> seventy for gas. It's a dollar seventy. Yeah, how many how many liters per gallon for our American listeners here? Um, oh gosh, I, I think it's like four, almost four gallons. Let's check it out here. Yeah, I know people are driving to the United States mm -hmm. across the border into yeah. uh, Bellingham to get, you know, to get gas. Yeah, living in Vancouver. Well, my mom is a snowbird. She uh, she goes to the U.S. a lot, uh, Florida and all that. She spends six months of the year there. Um, she says she can get a gallon of gas. It, it, I did the calculation uh, not too long ago, and it came to around like fifty to fifty-five cents a liter. Um, so. You guys can drip in that region of Canada. Uh, it's almost four times as much um, of what you guys are paying in the U.S. And I know you guys in the U.S. Uh, think that gas is fairly expensive. Um, maybe not at this time. I have no idea. I'm not from there. But I know there's been complaints uh, in the U.S. about the prices of gas. You guys have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. You're living living in a paradise yeah. sometimes when it comes to certain certain products that you take for granted. Exactly. You guys are living the dream, man. <laughs> so, John, uh, would you like to uh, delve into the evolution, evolution of the human brain and base nature and see how that goes? Or? Uh, yeah, well, the evolution of the human brain, uh, how our brains developed over, yeah, we were having a conversation about that not too long ago. Um, I think it was in reference from how um, a lot of, uh, like a lot of people have different theories about the brain, but, you know, a theory I kind of ascribe to is how our brain developed out of necessity and um, you know using opportunities that weren't usually used by humans so I, I'd say eating meat uh, when our ancestors were starving to death and the only food they had was actually eating meat and discovering that it was actually beneficial uh, for them for our ancestors to uh, to evolve well to actually just feed themselves gave them more protein gave them more uh, energy uh, more bang for their buck um, you know gave them a taste of something that they couldn't that they wanted to use that to eat um, and by necessity to, to gain more meat they our brains had to evolve but the benefit with meat is actually provides the energy necessary the nutrients necessary for the brain to actually grow become better, smarter, stronger. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a theory. Who knows? Uh, we might be, this This might be a theory that's, uh, I might be debunked, 
but it definitely seems plausible. There's also uh, Terence McKenna's theory of uh, the Stone Ape theory, it's called, uh, how psychedelics played a very huge role um, in the development of the human brain. Uh, uh, very fascinating theories. Um, if it's not the sole reason why we develop brains, I definitely think that it's a contributing factor. Um, well, there's lots of cultures around the world, South America, specifically mm -hmm. we're thinking ayahuasca, yep. uh, you know, used on for shaman rituals for mm -hmm. a millennia, right? Yeah. So, and, you know, they figured out how to take these two, these two plants and then boil them essentially. Which is pretty crazy. Uh, it, it, I mean, yeah, the... The way ayahuasca works is there's a root that has DMT, which is a completely... Uh, Dimethyltryptamine. Exactly. Which is a completely mind-blowing substance. Which is found in nature, naturally. Almost everywhere in nature. But when we ingest it, we cannot... Uh, like, it breaks down extremely fast. So if you eat a root with a whole bunch of DMT, our body's going to break it down before it even reaches the brain. And these what these shamans... Uh, discovered is th that there's another plant there's other plants that have MAO inhibitors which are um, which prevent the body to break down the DMT and then actually goes in, into the brain it's actually fairly complex and, and not having any understanding of science um, at all um, to be able to kind of figure that out is pretty uh, pretty impressive. Who knows? The shamans themselves say that it was uh, they they were able to receive the recipe in their own shamanic visions. So um, we live in uh, we live in a, in a world where those types of claims might be uh, disregarded, but it, it definitely is interesting. And sometimes the proof is in the pudding, but. Yeah, I uh, wasn't expecting talking about DMT, but since we're on the subject, and it's one of the most uh, fascinating substances, uh, probably even more so than LSD, that can propulse uh, regular. It doesn't matter who the person is, doesn't matter what the set and setting is, uh, in a good enough amount when smoked will propulse any human being from the most hardcore uh, skeptic to uh, the most uh, new agey spiritual person into a realm of uh, a completely different realm of reality and the uh, prototypical uh, effect is uh, being in communication with higher intelligences yeah and uh, having uh, uh, not only a, f a little bit of visuals but being in a different dimension altogether um, extremely fascinating stuff for anyone that's that doesn't know what this is there's a host of information um on it on on the internet uh youtube uh, i'm actually reading a book haven't finished it yet uh the spirit molecule dmt the spirit Mo molecule by um strassman um i definitely will uh, put a link below as well yeah exactly so yeah evolution i don't know i'm not a neurobiologist i'm not an anthropologist i can't even see anthropologist this. anthropologist i can't even say the word right now i think i need more coffee but um uh, i mean there's a lot of theories that that seem interesting to me i think meat i think psychedelics i think just the fact who knows uh i don't think it's alien intervention but who the fuck knows in, in this world 
um, I think are uh, like if we go back to some of the developments presently right now, we're understanding the mechanisms of uh, neuroplasticity um, more and more, and we uh, our brain really needs to find a balance between being in a neuroplastic mode. But if you're too neuroplastic, your if your brain is too much in a neuroplastic mode. Uh, like we'd be we'd be absorbing all kinds of information that would be detrimental to uh, our survival in society. Sponges, I think you said that before. Yeah, yeah. Sponges. Well, especially as, as kids, because like the the ability to be neuroplastic. Well, before it was thought was only uh, for kids, and that's why kids can learn a new language when they're six or seven, even though like they're, they're say they're English speaking. But at six or seven, if they learn a new language, they can speak it within a couple of years without an accent. It's just because their brain, their neurons are, are hyper-connecting themselves, but also they're pruning so many other neurons. One of the best, ex the, the most fascinating ex experiments about that is if a kid has a cataract uh, in early development, if they're two or three years old, have a, has a cataract on their eyes um, and the cataract is removed, the brain hasn't formed the visual neural connections in the brain to uh, be able to see. So even if they have nothing physically wrong with their eye anymore after the cataract is removed, they won't be able to see because their brain hasn't produced uh, those, those necessary connections. Uh, contrary to someone that develops a cataract later on in life, uh, they're blinded by it um, maybe even four or five years, but then they remove the cataract, they're able to see normally again. So, um, yeah, very fascinating, and, and scientists are now discovering ways that we can promote that neuroplasticity in the brain, uh, and the stress is very important that the set and setting uh, is, is well-controlled because you can absorb all kinds of negative um, um, experiences, information, and all that that can re... re that, that once the neuroplast... The, the, the malleable... Uh, state of your brain once it re-concretes itself it becomes more uh, fixed in the brain while well, it's going to be harder to uh, overcome those negative um, thought patterns and emotional patterns psychological states and all that hope this makes sense uh, that's how I'm uh, it's kind of the stuff that interests me and uh, that I'll be talking about in the best way I can. Well, uh, and, and, and John John and I, we kind of are foils to each other a lot of the time. Like, I'm not always interested in what he's interested in or what he, I'm interested in. He's not necessarily interested in. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, lately we've been talking about what is alpha, what is beta, and these other <clears throat> gamma, sigma, and delta. Yeah, and omega. I mean, there's a host of different, uh, of different uh, categories. Category. Yes. Well said. Uh, in in this, uh, like a lot of it comes from the uh, uh, pickup artist community and like the red pill MRA community and all that, which I I don't consider myself a part of, but I'm always interesting. I'm always interested in hearing uh fringe philosophies and all that i like i like listening to feminist rhetoric just to uh, be able to uh you know yeah like we, we're we're always interested in even hearing 180 diametrically opposed 
viewpoints. Yes. Because it really helps uh, strengthen our own arguments. And, and we, we're we of the belief that, that there's, there's a lot of people who, who, who argue with feeling rather than fact. Yeah. And uh, one of the goals of this podcast is to just again like resurrect good ideas mm-hmm. and 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 actually be able to have a discussion properly with people and 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 not just fling poop at each other for lack of a better word definitely definitely we plan on having guests in the future and i will have uh um we uh, we wouldn't mind having um a hardcore feminist which we completely disagree with uh and also a right-wing uh supremacist that we completely disagree with uh, either but i we love to exchange ideas and uh to be frank we also love uh we love debating bad ideas um we're human beings we think our own ideas are the best ideas but um we're definitely open-minded enough to to be proven wrong and if someone can uh, logically prove us wrong on something. Uh, I'm open to prune away the uh, the bad ideas that we have, the bad opinions and all that. We are human beings. We are not perfect. Uh, this is mostly our opinions. We were very uh, curious people. Uh, we want to express what we need to express, but we can't have that if we can't have a conversation um, from from either extreme. So, yeah, if we were going to like put us in a category, it would be moderate left, probably. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But some of the time lately, I'm finding more of an, an affinity or an attunement with, with the right, not the radical right. No. But in terms of, you know, where we need to be from a, a fiscal and economic perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end and of the social day, also. And social also, but a lot yeah. of... A lot of people are just trying to make a living, right? And go through the day-to-day and provide for their families, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I feel like there's been a a radicalization on the left and a radicalization on the right. Mm -hmm. And it's it's hard to even be a moderately uh, opinionated person. Exactly. You know, like a person we both admire. Well, I definitely admire uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, I mean, I think he's the most like center left person, uh, you know, famous person at least, um, uh, public person uh, there is, and he's being called a far leftist, uh, like a regressive SJW, and also being called uh, um, a far right racist well, and like, sexist and all that. But what are you like? Yeah, or just, he's just a normal guy having fun on a podcast. I wants to, to be left alone, have his own, and have discussions with people. You know, he he brings interesting guests who have yeah. varying different opinions. Yeah, and he is just like having trying to have a discussion. Yeah, uh, a discourse. Really. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> what are you thinking about a joke? Uh, we said uh, earlier. Oh, the we watched the the the, the Gillette Gillette commercial <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. yeah, you hadn't seen it. This is old news uh, for most people here, but uh, you know, uh, Bill uh, 
Bill just discovered the most patronizing ad I think he's seen in a long oh, time. I, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you. Uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah. I uh, I I watched it and I nearly laughed out loud in the middle of it. Um, you know because it again portrays men as bumbling idiots and uh, which we're not men are men are competent people um, and you know kids boys need to play outside they need to roughhouse they need to have those experiences right that's all all mammals all animals play in roughhouse when they're when they're young uh, and humans are no exception and, and furthermore, if you can't, you know, walk down the street and compliment a beautiful woman mm. a, as a man, um, you know, and not in a derogatory way, just, you know, you look nice today, would you like to go have coffee, something like that, uh, it, I just, I feel like you're emasculating in a, an entire population. Yeah. Plus, like, the, we, we know the only reason why they did it is to fucking cater to the, oh, uh, like, always, I can only visualize a, um, a conference uh, at Gillette or at Procter & Gamble. I was like, okay, so now we, you know, what's, oh, what's the vibe these days, you know? It's, like, how do we reach people so we can sell our fucking, uh, our, razors. our razors? I'm like, well, you know, the SJW stuff, you know, the Twitter, and what's going on on Twitter and Facebook seems uh, like, uh, you know. We got to cater to soy boys now. Yeah, you know. Plus, they have a lot of beards to shave. You know, most soy boys have uh, have a lot of hair on their face. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's pretend we're compassionate uh, people, and that yeah, we we made commercials on how like uh, the men that use Gillette are fucking sex machines, alpha males that get all the ladies and all that. Now we're going to fucking pretend that we're sorry for that and that we care about, um, you know, how men behave, you know, before, before our... <laughs> it's, a, it's a marketing ploy to sell razors. Yeah. And, and it has nothing to do with the actual product and everything to do with the current social and political climate that yeah. we live in. It's the ultimate form of shilling. There you go. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and it, it just highlights... Uh, what we've been seeing is it's, it's a form of tribalism, you know, these, these different groups, you know, a, a small but vocal minority mm -hmm. dictating, you know, people's perception and, and even public policy in some, in some cases, Yeah, you know, and, uh, not trying to get too political, but you know, uh, I don't want a law saying that I have to talk a certain way, feel a certain way, think a certain way. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are, we live in a hyper multicultural, multifaceted, pluralistic society. Yep. And, and we're, we're supposed to try and get along with each other, uh, make meaningful connections, you know, go to work, try to produce something for ourselves and, and add value to our society. Mm-hmm. Um, preach, preach, <laughs> preach, Bill. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm not always the most verbal person, so it's uh, come on, Bill. You you monopolize the conversation all the time, man. <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I guess the guests will be uh, our audience will be the judges of that. 
Um, yeah. Oh yeah. In the fuck, future. Fuck, fuck Gillette. I actually shorted their stock. I shorted uh, Procter and Gamble stock, but uh, I lost and lost money. I'm lost gonna, virtual money because I didn't do it for real. Virtual <laughs> money. I'm gonna yeah. stop using their products altogether. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take a page out of uh, Entrepreneurs and Cars. Uh, Rich, Richard. Yeah. Uh, he's absolutely correct. You know, you, you know, vote with your wallet. Yeah, is is what we're trying to say here. Or create a razor yourself and do a commercial. Uh, start it off. You're not a Gillette man. You're a real man. You're a real <laughs> man. You get the ladies. <laughs> a razor Ramon. <laughs> yeah, the Johnny, the Johnny Ramon razor. Man. Johnny Ramon. Reference to old school wrestler Razor Ramon. Anyways, uh, that. <laughs> That could be a future topic. Hey, hey chickas. <laughs> chickas off a phone, man. Chickas off a phone. <laughs> Razors off a phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what else? Uh, what? Besides my mom, I know for some reason my mom <laughs> is a topic you, you want to broach. Yeah. She used to be hot, but uh, <laughs> that's before I was born. <laughs> right before John was yeah. just a twinkle in his dad's eye. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, free will and mm. predestination. Yes. Um, John has been what was Sam Harris? Sam Harris brings. Like, um, I used to have uh, conversations with one of my good friends and even his uh, dad and uncle. Uh, that his uh, my friend's dad. And uncle believed, like they believed a long time ago, that free will is a, an illusion. And I always argued that most of what we consider free will is an illusion. I like to be hopeful that we might have like a five to ten percent real free will. And I'd say my my theory on that is that when we're in a state of of necessity or like extreme contemplation, I think suffering or um, contemplative meditative minds are able to muster up maybe some form of free will um but sam harris you know he brings like i i i i definitely wouldn't be able to re re uh rebuttal have a concrete rebuttal against uh against what sam harris is, says about the subject because like it doesn't really matter like any any state of mind I have at any given time, any thought I have, even if I, you know, push myself to meditate or I'm in the yeah. suffering mode is still something that I have really no authorship in the end. You're uh, living in a dream world, John. Yeah, I, man. You're, you're, uh, man, when, when you're Morpheus all offered me the red pill and the blue pill, I'm like, yo, bitch, give me both of them. I'm like in a purple pill fucking uh, insane asylum, man. <laughs> yeah, he's in a, he's in a, he's in, I take option E, uh, option number A, three. B, yeah. Option A, option B. I'll yeah. take option C, Morpheus, please. Yeah, I would have loved to see that movie, that uh, alternate uh, universe movie. They're just fucking, Neo just slaps Morpheus, bitch, give me both, man. <laughs> the fuck are you talking like, about? But you, you, but you need to start the trace program so we can find you. Yeah. <laughs> Go down oh. the rabbit hole so we'll see how far, far it goes. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to say. You know, how much of your life is predestined? 
you know. Uh, do, are you? What's your opinion, though? But what's your opinion on this? My my opinion. Yeah. Because uh, even like uh, behind the scenes, uh, I never really got your uh, straightforward opinion on that. I'm on the fence, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say that yeah. I mean, I the script's not necessarily written, but I feel like. You know, you're born to a set of parents. Mm-hmm. You're a drop of proto- protoplasm, you know, that's been thrown into this universe. Mm-hmm. You know, where did you come before? Like, where were you before you were born? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you came from nothing. And now, you know, uh, you're a human, you know, a human being, you know, a spiritual being having a human experience, right? Like. Well, even if we consider that there is a soul and there is a spirit and all that, you're still not the author of that soul or spirit. So even if we, and this is uh, this is a point Sam Harris makes, like, it doesn't matter where you came from. Uh, like even if you were a consciousness uh, prior to everything, like a primordial consciousness, you still didn't decide to be that primordial uh, consciousness. Um, if, if I'm at a restaurant, this is like an example, me and my friends, uh, um, and his relatives would talk about is like, even if we, the menu is still set. Yeah. Like even if you're presented a menu at a restaurant and you're like, oh, I choose to have a pizza with anchovies, which I would never order. I wouldn't mind. Actually, I wouldn't mind that right now, but I'll go with lasagna. Uh, if I order a lasagna, um, I'm like, oh, I made that choice to make that lasagna. But, like, what pushed me to make that choice? It, it, it was, you know, my prior experiences. Oh, I like this. Have you had that. lasagna in the past? Yeah. How much money do I have in my wallet? Yeah. You know, um, I might have the lasagna because a fucking bottle of wine at $500 with the caviar, even though maybe that's what I wanted more, uh, is way too uh, out of my league at this point in time. Um, I mean, there's a whole host of factors that are not something I'm, I'm controlling. Predestination. Yeah, that's pushing me to, to make that choice. The Matrix 2 actually has, the second Matrix uh, has... Uh, reloaded? Yeah, reloaded. Uh, when they're at the restaurant, speaking of restaurants, uh, the guy... Oh, yeah, with the Merovingian. Yeah, exactly. And then they have the conversation with the architect that, like, I mean, it's a very plausible... It's very plausible that life is like that you know that everything is predestined it's all cause and effect uh we're in some weird i mean there's fucking reputable scientists saying that we're in a simulation we're in some like elon musk like what has uh, promoted this idea it doesn't come uh straight up from him but if i'm glad you brought elon musk up yeah yeah we can segue from there it's good yeah yeah well he's saying that you know, and, and this is a theory that uh, quite a few people um, hold dear to them, or hypothesis at least. There's a difference between the two. I might confound them here and there. If the way technology is going, if we're able to create virtual realities, that we're on our way to do that. To VR, yeah. Yeah. That, like, we're already at a certain... You know, a certain percentage. It's very likely that within a hundred years in this reality, be it the real one or not, we're able to create simulations that are so advanced. But like we can create virtual worlds uh, with it, like um, in an instant. I mean, with AI backing the shit up and all that. Uh, that is very likely the the likeliness that we're 
where in the real reality is so slim compared to the likeness that that reality has already happened and that we're just being uh, put into simulations. And, yeah, and we're, so, sim- we're Sims. Yeah. Like Sim City. Exactly. It's a very interesting theory. Who the fuck knows? But um, it comes back that, I mean, that's like that's that sounds outlandish to me. So the fact that, you know, cause and effect is the only... Uh, is the only thing uh, guiding us, and like free will is 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 not really plausible. I mean, is not does not really exist. Is I mean, who the fuck am I to rebut something like that? You know, when there's like greater minds than me that um, are establishing a lot of facts with a lot of science and a lot of studies to to back their claims up. So I I wish. I hope that maybe the Heisenberg principle of uncertainty, maybe that's like if we are able to really be fully conscious in that state, maybe that's where we have like that that little buffer of free will. But I tend to agree that most of what happens in our lives are is cause and effect. And, you know, ideally, again, that five to 10%, we might be in that buffer zone um, where there's like, all the way to um, an atomic level, there's this state of uncertainty and a, a an atom, a molecule, or whatever can well not a molecule, but an atom or an electron or a quark can a particle can be in one state and another at the same time. And there's and there's maybe they say it's consciousness that determines, but that goes into the new agey stuff and all that, and it's all vague. It's all like a, who. I'll say it again. Who the fuck knows, man? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> but yeah, what, what about Elon Musk? Well, Let's talk about great. I'm sure his. Anger. Well, I, I'm a, a big admirer of Elon Musk. Um, you know, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, founded Zip, PayPal. You know, used it to seed money. Elon Musk. Yep. He founded was, PayPal. Yeah, he was part of the team on PayPal. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, he started with Zip and then was part of the PayPal, and then there, there. Elon Musk made the Zip files too. Like, yeah. Like WinZip and the, not like, WinZip. It was, it's it's like a it's like another another version of PayPal. Okay. Like it's all during the the dot com era. Yeah, the dot dot com boom. Huh. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, but he's one of these uh, Silicon Valley uh, angel investors. After you know he he got his seed money. Mm-hmm. He basically he did, grew it. He well he he started working on his more like personal projects, right? His mm. passion projects, right? Yeah, like, like Tesla and and the, the Tesla battery, yeah. the Tesla car, yeah, uh, the space program, etc. And, and well, that's his his latest company is, yeah. is SpaceX. You know, having rocket ships yeah. that can return back to exactly, Earth rather yes. than spending all this money billions billions of money millions of dollars for one shot for one shot and then insane you can't recover it right yeah so he he's he's had a commercial success with tesla now commercial success with tesla actually repaid the money uh bailout money from the federal government one of nice. the only car companies to do that in nice. america tesla by the way is a very interesting stock to uh, to trade is it yes yes um um, and then Eli also has, uh, you know, his hands in uh, AI, on automated cars, mm-hmm. drive like cars that drive. Eli or Elon? Elon, pardon me. Yes. <laughs> Musk. Uh, and he, he founded the OpenAI project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
working towards. He, he's he's one of the uh, with Sam Harris. He's one of the people that is really worried of where AI and what AI can uh, well, the, can do in the, the future. The dark side of AI, exactly. Right? Like he he's one of the proponents that we should be very careful uh, and put measures in place as soon as possible. Uh, to not let AI become a uh, a monster like the end of our uh, of our species, like a Skynet situation, something like that. Is the thing is with AI, uh, once it gets, I mean, once like one unit, like one computer, becomes uh, as smart as a human being, uh, it, it can singularity. Yeah, exactly. At that point on, it's able to auto improve it, uh, itself it's exponentially. Evolving. It's evolving. Yeah, supposedly once it gets close to the cuff of like human intelligence, it'll be it'll be able to evolve itself to greater than all all the intelligence of human beings combined within like a, something like a few weeks or months. Uh, this is one of the uh, theories I've heard, uh, which only makes sense uh, of how we've seen the technological growth in in the last fifty years. <laughs> Exponential. Yeah. You know, with the the. the the birth of the tran yeah. transistor in 1948. Yeah. Uh, f- from then, and then Moore's law doubling. Yeah. Roughly every 18 months. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're in the billions and trillions of transistors now. Yeah. So. Yeah, we even have like uh, quantum computing that has uh, has started also. Um, yeah, crazy. So Elon, sorry, I've cut. Uh, I uh, interrupted your train of thought uh, with Elon Musk. So uh, I just admire his his uh, ability to to take his commercial projects, his his his, his financial success, and and kind of pro- parlay that into these different avenues, right? You know he. He wants to build a tunnel underneath Los Angeles because of the congestion. He he's a forward-thinking person, yeah. and it and he comes from industry, not necessarily uh, like I've said in the past. As a politician, politicians aren't really equipped technologically, or uh, their backgrounds aren't equipped to solve a lot of our problems. Are technological? Uh, you know, if you want to stop people from you know crashing their cars with drunk driving. Mm. You need to put, you know, the technology in place, you know, a breathalyzer, a mobilizer. doesn't allow you to start your car yeah. when you're, you know, over a certain percentage blood alcohol. So, yeah, that's a great idea. You told me about that yesterday. And, I mean, instead of making, uh, creating Orwellian laws you know. uh, to, uh, to control the masses even more, uh, why not just, yeah, put a, you know, a breathalyzer in the car, straight up, like something... I, I'm seeing in the next 10, 15 years, like cars, automakers, are, these are going to be things that are going to have to be come standardized in mm. cars. Um, you know, because now, like, in Canada, we live in Canada, the, you know, and we have, you know, the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah, the SMU law. Yeah, talk about that. You know, in December here, they passed, this past December, they passed a law that will allow police to come to your house if they suspect that's suspicion with yeah. air quotes that you you've drunk drunk driven to your house and they can breathalyze you in your own house yeah you know which is supposed to be you know your private citizen you should be able exactly to crack a beer so let me give an example of that if i'm at a restaurant 
and I have a fight with my girlfriend, and my girlfriend is mad, and I go back home, she'll probably she knows I'll crack a beer. By the way, my girlfriend's amazing; she would never do that. But um, yeah, you have a fight with your girlfriend. This again, just an example. Um, you drive home from the restaurant, you crack a couple beers open, but she called the cops and said, uh, oh yeah, my, my boyfriend uh, drove home drunk. Uh, the cops are legally able to arrest you. They, they're legally able to go to your house and say, we had a complaint that you were drunk driving. Um, let, we, 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 we're going to do a breathalyzer test on you. And even if you, even if you only had your drinks after the fact that you've driven, um, they have reasonable doubt to arrest you at that time and uh, put you in jail, which is completely, completely Orwellian, insane. Yeah, it's it's a, um, it's a breach of your civil your civil liberties. It, it actually makes me really angry that th this this uh, encroaching um, destruction, eroding of our liberties, and all that is uh, happening in in the west it's uh, it's a very strange time we're living in um you know there there has to be like a certain uh stop to this and i think you know our podcast even though it's a drop in the ocean if we're able to touch a few people to kind of like maybe people that have like these feelings these instincts um, you know, are tired of this bull crap around them. These uh, cognitive, cognitive dissonances coming from the media, coming from politicians, coming from uh, prominent people. I'm not saying we don't have our own, but uh, if we're able to talk about it, at least um, maybe we can come up with some solutions. Because this is completely unacceptable that uh, law enforcement can come to your house and arrest you without uh, without any proof. Imagine you have a you have an important business meeting the next day, and because of some uh, crazy bitch uh, that lied to the cops, or their neighbor, or their neighbor, or whatever, somebody yeah. who has some beef with you, yeah, and they 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 want to be able to essentially ruin your life, exactly, right? Because these are these are criminal charges, yeah, exactly. Right? And then you have that record, yeah. You know that follows you around exactly and even if you get absolved or whatever because i'm sure lawyers are will be able to uh but that, again that's a shitload of money you have to spend that's a shitload of time that's a lot of uh that's a lot of uh, peace of mind that's been taken from you no man it, like when i hear stuff like that um it you know, brings me back to my teenage days uh, when I was listening to NWO and saying, fuck the police, fuck the government, or anarchy in the UK, punk, hip-hop, you know, good music, good rebellious mu music. I'm not in that state of mind anymore. I'd like to, uh, you know, if I can contribute to even putting a couple sparks and a couple brains uh, to stand up to this crap. Well, and, and you mentioned it kind of yesterday, uh, like, you know, uh, as a as a even like as a 16 year old boy nowadays as a teenager yeah uh there's been an erosion of male role models even i feel in our society yeah you know they they like you were saying about the gillette with the gillette like they they're portraying men as these bumbling idiots yeah you know that you know they 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 don't know what's going on and they're like the homer simpsons of of our society and and I, I, I don't I don't think that's right. And and we're being demonized. Yeah. I mean it's 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 as simple as that. We're being we're being 
portrayed as like the doer of all evils and and for 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 younger kids growing up that are constantly being fed that information i'm lucky i feel i'm lucky to have grown up as a teenager in the 90s you know same here because i i we there was no such thing as a youtube yeah you know the internet was just starting to take off uh, you know, we didn't get this bombardment from social media, the mm-hmm. Facebooks, the Instagrams, the YouTube, the, the Twitter, uh, of this constant narrative that, you know, we're, we're, I don't know, that we're, that there's bad guys or... That, well, every boy is a bad guy. Every boy is I mean, a, uh, there were seeds of that back in those days, um... However, I, I think like even if you look before 2010 where social media was present and YouTube and all that, it, I mean, uh, I think like where you're saying those tools make it bombard the kids, like the information and all that. But I mean, those like uh, I think like if all the, that technology um, was uh, in the 90s, like what was being bombarded in the 90s would not have been uh, like this demasculization, wow. right? This killing of the, this condemnation of um, of men in general. And I mean, fuck, man, are we privileged? Uh, I mean, I'm a white straight guy in Canada. Man, I won the fucking jackpot. I won the jackpot in the humanity uh, lottery, which is true. But... I mean, I've I I have struggles that I'll, I'm sure it doesn't matter what race or ethnicity or gender or orientation or whatever you guys are. I'm sure you got. I've I've lived through shit that a lot of people would find extremely difficult to handle, um, and to be, and I'm actually happy that I had those masculine traits and I accepted that shadow inside of me shadow yeah you know uh, Carl Jung Jung talks about the shadow in every uh, human being that no matter how holier than thou you think you are and how like you you think you're a good person there's there's this psycho inside of you there's that there's that um, you know that rascal that 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 little evil imp, that the devil uh, on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a common archetype, uh, archetype. You know, the little the angel and the the demon on your shoulder and all that. But I find, I think I've always found this. I, I think most people they they try to only and the, Freud talked about this too. Like the ego basically is that is that buffer zone between the uh, the it, which is your unconscious, like all the weird-ass impulses, like the aggressive impulses, the sexual impulses, and all that you have. And then the, um, in French, it's uh, le surmoi, so the superego, super I guess. Ego. Yeah, would be the, um, you know, the societal pressure, you know, your environmental pressure. You have to be like this, you have to be like that. And the ego is like the in-between of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people only identify with that part that's that kind of like... Um, that ego that kind of is like the bridge between, oh, okay, we'll let you pass, we'll let you pass, oh, no, no, you stay away, you stay away. Um, we, we've we got to accept like the darkest, re- we, we've got to explore the darkest recesses of our being and all that and accept them. Because if you don't accept them, you repress them, 
you project them and they actually control you. you they know? can come up really weird ways. Exactly. That you can, would never expect. Exactly. Carl Jung, another archetype that Carl Jung discusses, like going through the shadows, kind of like part of uh, the hero's journey. So the hero decides to go on an adventure, and a lot of a lot of the times it's uh, oh I, I want a degree in this, or I want to start a business, and I want or I want love, I want this. So you know the hero's unsatisfied with his current state of affairs, and he wants to go towards something that's uh, really important to him personally. And then he has to face all the trials and tribulations, and he gets kicked down. He gets uh, and he ends up being in that dark place that a lot of us uh, end up in. And he feels powerless or she feels powerless to do anything. And that's where, you know, the other archetypes like the wise old man or the, the wizard or, um, you know, the, the healing goddess or whatever. Those are all parts of who we are. It's like, it's, it's like fa facets of the human experience kind of take over and, and, they show you that there's a lot of stuff about who we are we don't know. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly. But if you're able to face it, to integrate it into, you are, and into who you are, you find that treasure that's hard to find. That's like the pot of gold. After you've slain the dragon, you get that pot of gold. And which translates into a new understanding of who you are in your own abilities and also of the world around you. And it's like that, you know, a lot of people go through hardships and then they become like shining bright lights in, in this world. Yeah. And they uh, actually highlight your character. And, you know, if you don't go through that hardship, your character was not nearly as strong or as developed as you would have been otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very, I mean... Carl Jung, uh, I've only skimmed through, um, like he has so much content out there, so many books and so many, so much stuff was written and derived from his uh, own theories, um, is, is one of the greatest thinkers uh, in our generation, in my opinion. Um, and I only have like a very surface level understanding of um, what he brings to the table. So I, I definitely encourage uh, any especially younger audience members out there to uh, check him out. Might be might be dry and boring, but... Uh, we'll, we'll link some, some links in yeah, the description. Exactly. Um, so we're coming to, what, an hour? About an hour now. That's not bad for uh, uh, the first podcast of the Maple Trues. Yeah. Resurrection of Good Ideas. Resurrection of Good Ideas. The Easter edition. The Easter edition, yeah. Limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but we will be doing this uh, probably on a bi-monthly basis. For now. Yeah. Uh, that's what we agreed on, right, John? Exactly. Uh, we're kind of busy people, both of us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're working to level up our lives, but we felt that we needed to uh, reach out and, and have a voice. and Talk to our future tribe. That's right. Yeah. You know? We're all, we're all human beings. We need to connect with each other. We need to have decent conversations. Uh, we're far from perfect, but we're far from fucking idiots. And uh, we want to we wanna connect with a whole bunch of other cool people. You know, if you guys have any thoughts, uh, if you're depending on what platform you are, if you're on YouTube, leave some comments. 
share some ideas, and uh, we might talk about them in uh, the next podcast. YouTube, Facebook. Uh, you can reach us at themapletrues at gmail.com. That's our email address. Um, yeah, whatever yeah. your your social media of choice, I guess. Exactly. Well, we'll be out there. We'll be out there. Just like the WWF. <laughs> WWE. Razor Ramon. Yes. We might, we'll invite some uh, alter egos uh, to the podcast. One of my favorite is Johnny Ramon, but that'll be for another time. That's another time. This is John Wynn. And Bill Ate. Signing out. And this is the Maple True. Peace. Peace.